0: Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptistextra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com Genesis 24 verse 1 says, Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. And the King James Version says, The Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. How many? All All things. Yeah. That's a powerful blessing, wasn't it, on Abraham's life. He was blessed in all things. Well, as the plane got lower and lower, coming into land at Madras Airport, a tingle went down my spine, and I felt more than a little bit nervous. All we'd been told about India lay ahead of us on our short-term mission, just mentioned by Nathan, and there were far fewer streetlights than I'd imagined. And once on the ground, everything seemed to be quite tired and soiled by human traffic. The cabs were reruns of old English models, and the hotel had a kind of weird feeling about it. Daylight came, and the view from our room was an education in third world poverty, overcrowding, zero health and safety, along with little or no sanitation for the shanty town below. But don't get me wrong, there was much to love about India. This was indeed an intriguing and diverse land, but the signs of idol worship were everywhere the people were beautiful but it was as if they were suffering under the curse of a spiritual in terms of their health and well-being Sacred cows seemed to be eating them out of house and home <laughs> and as a westerner outsider uh, with very little insight it was easy to think, man, there's something wrong with this picture. Cows are for eating. <laughs> and I don't believe it was just a cultural diversity thing um, because the more we were their customs and beliefs, the more we could sense this heavy sort of spirit hovering over the land. And it was then that we were given this really helpful tool to use in the villages that we were about to go and visit along with the local pastors. And man, could they pray. The, the people who had asked Jesus to be Lord of their lives were just absolutely beaming with the Lord. And they could pray. Man, could they pray all night if need be. And so we went into these villages and uh, used this little document that I said we were given, and it was called Breaking the Curse. It was called Breaking the Curse because it was one way of identifying with the people of India. And it was this easy-to-understand little message that explained what Christ did on the cross to break spiritual curses off those who could accept this beautiful exchange that took place at Calvary. And as I've already said, there was much to love about India and its people. And as I've preached here before, until you can name 10 good things about a culture, you're not ready to reach it for Christ. But this unmistakable idol-worshipping spirit hovered, like a cloud. So as you might be guessing, today's message is called Blessings and Curses. And I'm following on from my last message two weeks ago called Blessed to be a Blessing. be irresponsible of me just to stop at the blessings because in Deuteronomy 28 we know that the people were told of the blessings and the curses that would come upon them if they didn't obey God. And blessings and curses are essentially word charged, words charged with supernatural authority. And so we need the Holy Spirit to identify and deal with the source of words spoken to us, about us, and over us. So let's turn to God's word, our ultimate authority in all spiritual matters. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 8 to 14. For seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Isn't that awesome? It was preached to Abraham first. All the nations shall be blessed in you. He had like a taste of what was coming at the cross. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. We receive salvation. We get this blessing, all things. You believe it? For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. I'm going to say that again. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. You know, generally as a church, we don't talk a whole lot about curses. And this subject, to be fair, has a bit of a down buzz to it. I'd far rather talk about blessings. But recently I've come to realize how powerful both blessings and curses are. And I've been learning firsthand something of their effect. Proverbs twenty-six verse two says, Like a sparrow in its flitting, and a swallow in its flying, so a curse without a cause does not alight. You know, I think you know we if we live by faith in Christ, there's nothing that curse can do. But we see by this scripture that there does and can be, does need to be an entry point for a curse to gain access, legal access in the spirit world to your life. I.e. someone we or someone else has done or said, something we or someone else has done or said can be an opening into our life for a curse. And as we've just read in Galatians 3.13, Christ took our sinfulness on himself in exchange for his righteousness. He exchanged our junk for his righteousness. What a deal. He became the curse of sin for us and as us. in exchange for blessing. So we get blessings in exchange for curses. He actually became the curse for us. He took our sinfulness for for his righteousness. He became the curse for us and in exchange for the blessing of Abraham. Verse 14, he was wounded that we might be healed inside and out. And he took our shame. Isn't that awesome? He hung naked upon a cross. That was pretty shameful. That we might be free of shame. We get to exchange his, our shame for his beautiful nature. All this that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, verse 14. You see, Paul's whole point, Paul's whole point here is that we are to live by faith as Abraham did. We are to receive this wonderful salvation Christ paid such a huge price for by by going to the cross and not to return back to dry old religion rules and regulations. we will to live by faith like Abraham instead. The message version says, utterly cursed is every person who fails to carry out every detail written in the book of the law. See, unless you, you, you obey every single law, one lie makes you a liar. One slip up makes you a sinner. See, we can't do it. No one can. It's impossible. We need his righteousness in exchange for all that stuff we've done. So the first step to dealing with curses is actually to be saved. Get saved. Come to Jesus. Be born again by faith in Jesus. That's step one. Once saved, John says in, in, uh, sorry James says in James 4 verse 7, "Submit therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now this is to born-again believers, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And this is our ongoing challenge in our struggle against powers and principalities so to the extent that we submit to God we have authority to resist the devil so faith is required to be saved and faith is required to submit daily to the lord confessing our sin according to 1 john 1:9 when we do that He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a wonderful promise. He's pleased. He's pleased to give us, you know, this forgiveness and to give us his righteousness in exchange for ours. It's his pleasure because of the sacrifice of Jesus. If we never receive anything else in this life but salvation, then that would be the greatest of all blessings we could ever receive. And as I said in the last message, you know, we could say we are the most blessed people on the planet. But what if a curse has found an entry into our life that we're not aware of? What do we do then? Well, I'm referring really. Firstly, to generational family curses. This is a big deal. In Deuteronomy 28, I mentioned before, there are 14 verses of blessings promised for obeying God and 64 verses of curses for disobeying God. These sins or curses would have effect for several generations, it says. So is the blessings. We could have inherited something by way of a curse from our waka papa. So, despite being saved, generational sin can still have a powerful hold on us until they're dismissed by the blood and the authority of Christ. Paul began the chapter uh, with, in Galatians 3, verse 1, with some pretty harsh words. This is what he says, Galatians 3.1. You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Sort of one way to sort of give a bit of a down buzz on the crowd, eh? Start with that saying. <laughs> Do you think they'd want to read the rest of the chapter after that? <laughs> now these were born again. Spirit-filled believers, and Paul calls them foolish Galatians, who bewitched you. They'd known many miracles, verse 5, we see they'd known many miracles, and yet they were returning to the law in order to try and please God by their works. Paul called that witchcraft, essentially. You see, idolatry, idol worship, legalism, and witchcraft... Practice are entry points for a curse in your life. I'll read that again. Idolatry, idol worship, legalism and witchcraft practice are entry points for a curse in your life, even if they were done by a previous generation. The list goes on. Secret societies, injustice to the weak, hating Jews, consulting with witch doctors, etc., But the three I'd like to focus on today, I'm just going to pick three because this is such a big topic and there's all the sexual stuff. But the three I want to talk about today are the curse of dishonouring parents, self-imposed curses and unforgiveness. So number one, dishonouring parents. Many years ago, a YWAM uh, missionary named Floyd McClung uh, observed an alarming number of young American men on what was known as the Euro Drug Trail that ran from Afghanistan all the way to Amsterdam. They would risk running drugs through to the lucrative European market. But frustrated and disillusioned, many would wind up in dire need where Floyd worked in Holland. And after he saw this trend, Um, he found out that what was common to virtually every one of those young men was a broken relationship with their father. They had left home without parental blessing and life had gone from bad to worse. It uh, led Floyd to write a book called The Father Heart of God to address this common theme. In any group of young people, there will be only ever be a tiny percentage who can ever remember their father speaking a blessing over them. So to all parents here, it's our job to provide for, love, discipline, teach and bless our children. Not an easy assignment, eh? Much grace is needed. (laughs) But the role of the children is to honour their parents. You see, breakdown occurs when either side's not doing their appointed task. It's gone a bit quiet. Sadly, despite having received a good home life, many children rebel, having never known their parents' blessing especially their fathers. And this opens the door for the curse of dishonoring parents by breaking one of God's Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. that It may go well with you in this life. You see, the lost son parable, sometimes known as the prodigal son. Prodigal means wasteful. The prodigal son story tells us Um, that when he came to his senses, have you come to your senses yet today and come home to your Father in Heaven and said, Dad, I'm so sorry. This is the key to getting rid of this curse, to go to parents, apologize for your part of it, avoiding future heartache. You know, I've taken over 50 weddings, and only once, against my better judgment, did I go ahead with the ceremony without the bride's mother or parents' blessing. We tried really hard for it, but it never came. It was a Christian wedding, but sadly it all ended in disaster. That's how powerful a parent's blessing is on their kids. It's not just, do you agree? Yep, I do. We do. Her mother and I do. <laughs> it's the latest thing. <laughs> it's, it's real. That blessing is essential. Young women, if mum and dad aren't happy about the boyfriend, big alarm bells. Number two, self-imposed curses or from another source. A self-imposed curse is when we say things like, oh, I wish I was dead. This always happens to me. I'm just a klutz. Have you ever said any of those things? Even saying, oh, knowing my luck, meaning that good couldn't happen to you. It's a form of a curse. When we speak those words over our life, we are bringing upon ourselves a form of a curse. I remember jokingly saying to someone as I carried my guitar into church, if I'm still doing this in 10 years, shoot me. Within weeks, I lost two tips off my fingers at a work accident and I couldn't press guitar strings for over two years. I thought I'd never play again but praise God, I've got back almost every chord. (laughs) That was 14 years ago. And now it's an absolute privilege to play and lead worship again. Hmm. What what put downs slip out of your mouth? What things have you spoken over your life? Even saying to someone, You'll never amount to anything, that's a curse. You're useless, you're dumb, you're a failure. These are all curses. When our daughter-in-law Hannah was in about year 10, her singing teacher said, you'll never amount to much. You haven't got a good voice. You need to stop now. I think you'll agree with me that it's great that she pressed through, had that spoken off her life, prayed off her life by godly parents and she's now put out an album and led thousands into the presence of God. You'd be broken six months without me telling your wife or husband that or highlighting some other weakness or fault of theirs will never be sorted is a curse. Anything you tell your wife or husband, your spouse, that they're bad at is actually cursing yourself because you're one flesh. If you're a foodie, never tell your wife or husband that her or his food sucks because you've just put a curse on your own stomach. (laughs) Yeah, that was a joke. Yeah, sorry. Psalm 118, 17, I love this, says, I shall not die but live. And declare the works of the Lord. I want to speak that over my life every day. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Isn't that a great, great verse? If you're concerned about the food, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Um, Psalm 107, verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What are we to do? Speak it say so let the redeemed of the lord say so talk about our redemption talk about it to others speak up it's it's great food for the soul and it's really bad news for the enemy are you getting this our words become our worlds either blessings or curses and i choose life and blessings what about you finally the blessing of forgiveness displaces the curse of bitterness vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord romans twelve nineteen. so when you're starting to think oh you like craig said last week oh you little <laughs> just remember vengeance is mine says the lord i will repay And verse 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Sorry, the screen only has half a verse. Sorry, my bad. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Saying I'll never be able to forgive that drunk driver, that cheating so-and-so, or that one who stole from me, is to speak a curse over your own life. What you're doing is actually justifying your victim mentality and your bitterness that has arisen from that hurt. I get it. Certain situations require justice. Justice may need to be sought, but once it's out of our hands to change the outcome, we need to let it go And let God deal with it or them. When we bless the one or the ones who have hurt us, we are free to go forward in the authority of Christ to overcome hurt and speak well of them. Did you catch that? To speak well of them. You talk them up. They hurt you, but you speak them up and praise them it's a sure sign you've actually forgiven them in your heart. So just quickly for the note takers mainly, but for all of us, I hope, how do we get free from the power of a curse? We got four R's. R's. Number one, R, recognize. Recognize what may be a curse. By asking for God's help. Good place to start, eh? Always a good place to start recognize what might be a curse. Just ask the Lord, do I have a curse on me, Lord? Good question. If it's no, great. Let the Holy Spirit discern, ah, generational sin. Yeah, I can pray about that. Number two, repent. Second R is repent of our personal involvement. If we have been a part of the problem, We want to repent and become part of the answer. Or repent on behalf of those who committed the sin. Example, ancestors. Number three, renounce the curse. Very important. Just as it was spoken on us, we speak it off. Renounce the curse. Thank Jesus that he became a curse for us by hanging on a tree. So we we just thank him. Thank you, Lord. You became this curse for me. I speak it off in your precious name. Submit to his lordship, James 4, 7, and say out loud, that doesn't belong to me. That curse does not belong to me as a blood-bought child of the living God. And number four, Finally, replace negative words with the positive. Make having a clean mouth, a lifestyle. Number one, recognize that curse with God's help. Number two, repent of it or on behalf of others. Three, renounce it. Just say, Jesus, take this curse from me again like You've done it on the cross, but I want you now to remove this curse. Replace those negative words with a positive atmosphere around your life. So back to my India trip, just to finish where we kind of started. We saw many come into freedom in those three or four weeks. Um, Like Nathan said, (laughs) we thought we were blessing them. They blessed us. They prayed all night for us. They showed us what real prayer was all about. It was really humbling to be part of something that was making a difference. I'm sure it was their prayers that brought the miracles. Curses were spoke off people. Many stood upright. They were stooped by an evil spirit. They stood upright when they were prayed for. Evil spirits left. Body pains left. And one boy I know of was healed of deafness. We were encouraged beyond measure, but it wasn't a one-off. You see, living by faith and standing in the authority of Christ one over evil on the cross needs to become a lifestyle where we live. And wherever we're planted, we're to be. over people's hurts are you ready for change start declaring it over your life let the redeemed of the Lord say so amen I just want to pray a prayer over everyone here but if you want to really particularly make it your own You can just say amen after every little block of this prayer. I just feel that we need to do this as a response to this word this morning. This is a prayer by um, Derek Prince. I've borrowed it, but I think it has great power. Let's pray. Hey, maybe if you want to stand, let's, st- let's all stand, eh? Because I love that scripture. When the word of God was opened, the people stood up. Wasn't that great? So let's just stand in God's presence and pray this prayer with me if you want. If you don't, that's fine. If you're not ready, that's fine. And you may want some prayer afterwards as well. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize now that I have been struggling with curses and rejection, some of it based upon powerful negative words that were uttered against me. I want to break free of the effects of those curses by the power of your blood. By faith I step from rejection into acceptance in you. Lord, I commit myself completely to you. I place my life, my job, my calling And my future in your hands. I belong to you and I ask you to use me to bring glory to your name. Amen. Second, by the authority in your name and through your sacrifice for me on the cross, I break off any negative words and curses that have been spoken over me. I reject those words. They are not from you. I nullify them now and I break free from their impact upon my life, my work and my family. And thirdly, I now proclaim and receive your blessing and favour upon my life. Thank you, Lord, that you have released me to serve you freely. Amen. Amen. Let's just stand for a moment. Holy Spirit, do a work in and through each one here. I just add my words to command those curses off lives here in this room, right now, in Jesus' name. God, we so need you. Thank you that you became a curse by hanging on a tree. It's interesting, the Greek word for tree is the same word as the word for cross. You hung on a tree. It might be the Hebrew word, I'm not sure. But anyway, thank you for doing it, Lord, in our place. We receive it now. In the beautiful name of Jesus, our Lord, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at extra.co.nz, or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.